welcome to week five, the halfway point already, if you can believe it, of Love in Action, Autumn Ridge Women's podcast study of Romans 12. I'm your host, Svea Mary, and I am so happy today to be joined by two good friends, Angie Pankratz and Jennifer Oren. Jennifer is my right-hand gal on staff in women's ministries, and Angie and I have been serving together for more years than I can remember. So this is just a sweet opportunity for the three of us to get to go deep into God's Word together today. And I have loved this opportunity to get to go deep into short bites of Scripture. This is truly a unique study for a unique time, and it works because Romans 12 is such a special chapter. While, of course, all of Scripture is inspired by God and useful for molding us into into who Christ wants us to be, but Romans 12 really is especially jam-packed, as I'm sure you've been noticing as we've been going through it. Today's verses are no exception. They're certainly an example of truths that we would consider for a lifetime and still have more to learn. So with that, Before we read them, I think it would be a good idea for us to start today by praying that the Holy Spirit would open all of our hearts to what he has for us in these short verses. And then after that, we'll read them. How's that sound? That sounds great. All right. Let's pray. Precious Lord, we have been taking such delight in your word over these weeks, and we pray today that you would open our eyes, our mind, and our heart to see and understand and believe what you tell us in Romans 12 about what it looks like to put our love in action as we seek to offer ourselves daily to you because you first loved us with your amazing love. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So with that, let's talk about Romans 12. So how about, uh, Jen, do you want to get us started off with today's verses? Would you read verses 9 and 10 for us? I would love to. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honor one another above yourselves. But I always like to look at another version as well. And one of my favorites is from the message. Okay. So if that's okay, can I read that too? Yeah. Yeah, go for it. Love from the center of who you are. Don't fake it. Run for dear life from evil. Hold on for dear life to good. Be good friends who love deeply and practice playing second fiddle. <laughs> That's great. That is a good That, that does really uh, add a little bit of more of a nuance to <laughs> Absolutely. some of those phrases. Um, we're going to go through phrase by phrase, and today is kind of an extra decadent day where we only have um, a, a shorter bit to talk about, even though each week has been a shorter bit, mm-hmm. um, this one especially, and so we can go phrase by phrase. But before we get there, I was thinking, I was curious to ask you guys about how what this has meant for you to be focusing more on just two or three verses at a time. I know for me, I've been feeling like it's really been an opportunity to let the Holy Spirit um, kind of drive these verses down deep into my heart. And and I'm amazed at how often during the week something will come up I'm like, oh, yeah, that's just like Romans 12. Oh, and, my gosh. And I feel like that's been a, a joy of this. How, how about you? Have you had any experiences like that? My experience has been great as well. Marinating on two verses, you would think there's not much to work with, but it's been quite the opposite. It has made me examine my own heart. I think it's easy to loathe evil. You know, we can focus on that. But how well am I loving my neighbor or caring for others or 
practicing playing second fiddle or vice versa. I'm loving and caring and I'm clinging to what is good, but letting evil things creep in. Maybe watching that show or reading that book. Casting Crown is one of my favorite bands, and they mm-hmm. have a song called Slow Fade. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to give you a, just a really quick snippet. It says, it's a slow fade when you give yourself away. It's a slow fade when black and white have turned to gray. And I think that is the way that we can let these evil things creep in so mm-hmm. quietly. Mm-hmm. I can definitely tell you've been marinating in verses I've nine been marinating and ten. Way to go, Jen. <laughs> <laughs> That's really fun. Well, let's do it. Let's go through phrase by phrase. Um, this first, the first phrase: "Let love be genuine." Mm-hmm. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> it, it rolls so easily off of our tongues. But can we just say that maybe some people are difficult to genuinely love? Can I say that? Should I say you, it? I just you can. Did. I think I just, we need to acknowledge that. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Is it, hopefully it's not just me. But I think sometimes we think, well, if I'm not going to genuinely love them, then maybe this verse doesn't apply to me. Maybe you're off the hook. That's what I'm thinking. Right. I don't think so. Maybe not. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so what do we do if it comes hard for us, right? And we aren't genuinely loving someone what should we do about that? Mm-hmm. Well, I think drawing a distinction between loving someone as a feeling mm. versus showing love to someone right. is maybe helpful here. Certainly, we're not going to feel in love with every right. person. I mean, right. maybe we've never really said more than hello to someone. How could we right. possibly feel Good point. Um, love for everyone? But we can be loving. Right. Mm-hmm. Our love in action, right? Mm-hmm. We're putting love in action. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I was thinking about this, and Christ does call us to pray for those who mistreat us. So I think we can also begin with prayer for those that maybe we don't find easy to love. Right. Mm -hmm. And then also going back to that first verse, we need to praise God for what he has done. We're told to, in view of God's mercies. So maybe we can just stop and think about what God has already done for us, meditate on his love and mercy. And reflect that as God has loved us, so we must love others. Right. And then sometimes, I don't know about you, but I just have to move forward, like proceed with good deeds. Mm -hmm. Even if my heart isn't there yet, we are called to do good to those who hate us. Mm -hmm. And further on in this chapter, we're going to be asked to give food and drink to our enemies when they are hungry and thirsty. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes we are not to the sincerely love part. But we desire to sincerely obey. So we just act on that, not on how we feel. And so often I think God does change our hearts to be sincerely loving. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So the the word for love here is the one that we talk about in church uh, the most, maybe of all the kinds of love. This is that that agape love, that, that's, that kind of love that God has for us. Um, definitions of it are not just affection, but goodwill or benevolence to someone. This is a sense of loving something, someone in a way that you want what's good for them. You right. want what's best for them. You're not seeking for their downfall. You, you want something better um, for them. And I, I think that is easier to wrap our heads around. That's good. For those people we might not feel love for, right. we can still want what's, what's best. best for them. Um, and I love your your principles, Angie, of we can pray, we can praise God for the yeah. mercy he's shown us, which enables us to show mercy to others and just proceed yep. with doing the right thing. I like that. Pray, praise, and proceed. I'm going to 
make note of that and <laughs> try to put that into action right? as well. <laughs> Three Ps. <laughs> yeah. Um, interesting. I think the the let love be genuine. Um, Angie, you'd brought this out when we kind of we had our pre-study session together mm-hmm. about the idea of being genuine, not being a hypocrite. The Greek word here mm-hmm. for genuine is that sense of of not being hypocritical, like a mm. person who's wearing a mask or mm, deceiving others. Good. Wearing a mask is kind of a thing these days. We're <laughs> that's all an, wearing that's masks. That's a great way to look at it, I think, because really in these COVID times, have you ever met someone for the first time and they're wearing a mask? You can't see their entire face. You mm-hmm. don't get to see their facial expressions, their smile, their body language. It doesn't seem natural or genuine. Mm-hmm. It's hard. You don't see the whole picture. Yeah, it's certainly a a tricky dynamic that we're all dealing with these days to not get that full picture. And so this verse is calling us to love people without a mask on, to not hide behind it or or be two-faced in the way that we're showing love, but just to genuinely want someone's best interests. It's a great visual for 2021, right? Yeah, absolutely. We're all looking forward to taking (laughs) off the masks. Exactly. (laughs) Well, how about that next phrase, hate what is evil or Mm. abhor what is evil? Mm -hmm. Right. Um, Maybe we just start with a definition of evil. It's not a word we usually define. And I liked one of the ones that I found that said evil comes from the word to spoil or to break into pieces. It's being broken and something that's worthless. It's essentially what is unpleasant or disagreeable or offensive. Mm. Um, so obviously all things that God is not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, so we want, we want to avoid these things that are disagreeable and offensive. I think there's a balance here, right? I mean, we talk about our love and action, but we also have to be mindful that it doesn't mean we go light on evil. Mm-hmm. It means we can still detest things that are against God. We don't like lies. We hate abuse. We hate injustice. We hate infidelity. We hate bullying. But it doesn't mean that we don't genuinely love. We mm-hmm. can do both at the same time. We hate the things that it does. It damages relationships. Mm. And you see the natural consequences of this evil. Mm. And it's sad. It's sad to watch perhaps loved ones have to go through this mm-hmm. because of those bad choices. Absolutely. Good point. I mean, the agony that it is when someone that you love is gripped by something Mm -hmm. evil. You know, Mm -hmm. if you have someone, a dearly loved person who's struggling with an addiction or, or something like that, you can, you just, you hate these things that are causing such destruction and brokenness in their life. That which entangles them, right? Yeah. We want them to be free. Uh huh. Yeah. And I think Paul here is, is calling us to, to draw that line to say, I don't want to just tolerate the evil mm. that is hurting our community, our relationships. We want to hate that, but we're loving people with that kind of genuine love, wanting what's best for them. Right. Yeah. So how? here's a tricky question for you. We're all struggling with evil to a certain extent. We're all living in this evil world. How can we be friends with evil people while hating what is evil. <laughs> Angie, you can take that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Jennifer. Yeah. <laughs> well, I do think that's hard because our enemies may do these things or those who we find challenging. So I think it's just a matter of prayer to know how we can love them. I think it takes sometimes a vulnerable, like a vulnerable moment like it did for the Good Samaritan. Mm-hmm. When those who are maybe more challenging, but they find themselves in a vulnerable position when they need us. Mm. And hopefully at that time, we don't cross to the other side of the road or just walk on by, 
but we take the time and maybe even our own resources to reach out to them because that can often be the bridge Mm, where we can show our love during those moments. And Mm. it's not usually easy when it's a challenging person. Right. But genuine love is really compelling, isn't it? Right. Mm -hmm. Can really shine through, I think, during those times. So as a kind of a bridge between this phrase and, and the next phrase that's coming, I love it when the Bible shows that God's wisdom in Scripture predates man's wisdom. And and one of these things that I love is this match here between what we just said about hate what is evil, and then the next one about cling to what is good or hold fast to what is I good. I love that. Because yes. it reminds me of, of nowadays, and maybe this is just because we're coming off of January and New Year's resolutions and all that, but you guys have heard it when they say if you want to um, cut out a a junk food or something like that, and you're working on your diet or you're trying to be- to end a bad habit, it doesn't work just to eliminate something. You want to replace right. that with something good. Run so you're cutting out one good. food and you're replacing it with a, a more healthy food, or you're cutting out a habit and replacing it with a, with something else that's more productive. Right. And right. the Bible here already supplied that for us thousands for of sure. years ago, that we want to hate what's evil, but we don't just eliminate that. We're instead replacing that part with Hold fast to what is good. Right. That's great. Cling to what is good. So talk to me about clinging to good. That's easier to do than, yeah, um, some of my favorite places to find goodness. Mm. I think you can go for a walk out in nature and just that alone, you can see God's goodness everywhere. Um, Listening to worship music or fellowshipping with family and fellow believers. I think those are all good things to do. And uh, aside from clinging, I also read that um, be glued to goodness. Mm. So think of, um, you know, glue holding that all together. Mm, That's really (laughs) good. You know, as a mom of many young adults, ages 13 to 20, I feel like I'm constantly saying, don't watch that, don't do that, don't look at that, don't be reading that. (laughs) And it's so exhausting. I'm so negative sometimes. And Mm. I feel that way, especially this time of year. Sure. But I think it's important to also say, hey, run towards this. Mm. Do this, pursue this. Hey, watch this, check this out. And so instead of just always being negative and telling my kids what not to do, Mm -hmm. I want to fill it as like, hey, like you said, Jen, run towards this. Do a walk, go in nature, do Mm -hmm. that. Because sometimes that just naturally makes the evil fade away and not even as enticing. Mm -hmm. Right. No, absolutely. It makes me think of a verse that uh, we quoted on the podcast a couple of weeks ago from Philippians where um, Paul there talks about what we should be thinking about when he says, finally, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. And then it goes on, what you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. And we don't usually read that last part. We we do the, you know, whatever is series. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. But I love that idea. If you're practicing these things, the God of peace is with you. And that just, to me, brings these verses from Romans 12 to life. This idea, if we're loving people genuinely, if we're hating the evil that's breaking them, mm-hmm. breaking relationships, and instead we're clinging to these good things and then doing that, the God of peace is with us in these relationships. Who I doesn't want that, right? Yeah, it's really beautiful. Yes. Well, the the last phrase in, in these sections here 
says, love one another with brotherly affection. And this is kind of a fun love thing. We've got two different versions of love. So the first love we talked about was that agape love, that mm-hmm. sense of, of genuinely wanting the best for someone. But this love here is the, the other kind, this phileo love, this brotherly love, or, or love between family mm-hmm. members or close friends. And Paul's calling us here to love our Christian, we, I mean, we've gotten so used to saying it, our Christian brothers and sisters. But to him, this would have been a more radical concept at the time, but to love fellow Christians like they are our family. Mm, that's uh, good. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I look at these phrases and sometimes it's so easy for me to be like checklist, like, okay, I'm doing that. I'm doing that. I'm doing that. And I'm not really that introspective and really taking an honest look at my own life and my own heart. And I'm just wondering, have we ever been on the other side where maybe we attend a church service or enter into a faith group and we're not feeling that brotherly affection? Mm. We just feel a distance. Have you guys ever experienced that? Because I know I have. I have. <laughs> okay, I've now, had an now experience it's your time like show, that. Jen. Um, well, this was many years ago in college, but I had transferred to a different college away from home. And as a transfer student, you know, it's hard to get connected. So I sought out a faith based college ministry, but I remember I was not welcomed. No mm. one came to introduce mm. themselves mm. to me, and it was actually kind of awkward, and I didn't go back. Mm. But I also tried a local church there, and again, no one noticed I was new. Now, I could have tried again, but sometimes we only get one chance to make that connection, mm. to show that bro- brotherly affection. Mm-hmm. See, that's convicting to me because I think, okay, I'm doing good. Like, I'm not hating anyone. But then I think, how many times do I come to church? I sit with my people. I leave with my people. And especially now, it's a little awkward to try to judge that. But there's times where I just want to be with, you know, a small group. And I don't really think about the outsider, the visitor. And I might be missing opportunities. And Mm -hmm. obviously, you're here now. And the Lord brought you back to this point. But maybe it would have been even a sooner... Journey had you had more of a connection during how many you know how many times are we sitting in church service and there are a lot of lonely people out there Mm -hmm. that are struggling with so many things and we just are with our friends and we're socializing and we don't notice those new people Mm -hmm. yeah it's a sad default and mm -hmm. I think if we recognized what if we acted on what Paul's calling us to and recognize that everyone sitting around us is potentially our family. family absolutely yeah that not yeah. just not just acquaintances but people we could regard as family that would be a, a far healthier perspective um, for the relationships within the church that he's calling us to keep in mind too remember back to the context that he's writing in where this was this church of Jews and Gentiles kind of tense relationships people who had been here who had been away who had been reconnected. Um, so when he's saying, you know, you guys should be regarding each other as family, there's a lot of potency to right. that. Yeah, and, exactly. It's not like just be nice. I mean, there's a loyalty and there's a closeness in family that's pretty strong. Mm-hmm. No, it's a beautiful thing. And so maybe the final phrase in these two verses kind of helps us to get a grasp of how we do this. Um, he finishes it out with outdo one another in showing honor. Wow. Now, I, I found it amusing when the three of us had our little pre-study session together. It was hard to define the word honor, yeah. right? When we kind of talked about honor, but again, a, a tricky one. What is exactly, what does it mean 
to show honor to someone. Um, so I did a little bit of, of digging and, and extra research onto that. Um, Vines defines honor as, in this context, as giving an advantage mm. from one believer to another instead of claiming it for yourself. Mm. And I thought that was really wow. fascinating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it ties back in with, with that agape love, with, mm-hmm. with wanting something that's better, that's good for someone else. And so to show them honor now is to to find a way to give them an advantage rather mm-hmm. than keeping it for yourself. That's a Learning. very proactive word, right? Sure. Mm-hmm. It's not just that we're going to be nice to them. It's like we want to show them value above ourselves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and not only that, the three of us get to enter into a competition of wanting to outdo each other in, in how <laughs> we do this. <laughs> Which one of us is going to be the best at doing this? I'm going to play second fiddle. I don't know. Or second clarinet in my case, because that's what I played. <laughs> oh, well, that's is... a little competitive term that Paul uses. It's kind of funny. Mm. Well, it's probably a healthy form of competition. Exactly. To, to see who could be the best. Yeah, we're because we're naturally selfish. Mm-hmm. We are. We're always looking out for number one. Um, even as you know, little kids, it's like you know that's mine. Yeah, you know, we're just we have that tendency, and so to just constantly remind ourselves about putting others before ourselves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I think anchoring this verse in the chapter, remembering that it started, as you pointed out, Angie, with remembering God's mercies. Right. Mm-hmm. That we're doing this because of what he's done for us. And we're going to see at the end of this chapter that we can love each other this way. We can give each other an advantage. We can um, we can practice this safely because we know that God eventually makes everything right, that he's mm-hmm. going to handle, so to speak, the the people and the injustices that we feel. And we can rest confident knowing that our job can be just to love people. And, uh, and leave the rest in God's hands. Maybe because of the mercies he's shown us, Absolutely. it helps us to keep Absolutely. that in perspective. Well, one final closing thought I have. This, uh, this particular episode, by God's design, it wasn't planned this way, but this happens to be the episode that is going to be released uh, the week of Valentine's Day. Nice. And how appropriate that we've been talking about loving other people mm. um, this particular week of Valentine's Day. And, uh, and I just want to leave you with this, this idea that what Paul is talking about, about the way that we're putting our love in action, what, one thing we never talked about is how are we feeling loved? Mm. All that we've been talking about is how are we loving others? And, uh, and what a unique and a healthy spin it might be for all of us as we're thinking about love this week with Valentine's Day, to be thinking about how am I loving other people mm-hmm. rather than... Am I feeling what I want to be feeling right now? Right. I think it's just a good call to good challenge there to put our love in action. Well, Jen, Angie, thank you for joining me today for a fun talk about love. Absolutely, and it's been great. Look forward to next week where we dive into more verses that Paul Paul goes kind of rapid fire here in this section <laughs> with a very practical look at putting our love in action. Until then, we'll talk to you next week. 